0: Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Welcome, welcome to another rendition and another edition of What's Going On, the Experience here on Fox Sports Radio and iHeartMedia. I got the crew in the building, and I got Mr. Ryan V down in
1: NYC in the Hamptons. Good morning, Ryan. Hey, hey, it's good to be back. Hello, Western New York. It is good to be here for another broadcast of What's Going On. And then
0: I got my man. Every time I got to roll out hockey, every, you know, um ESPN got Mike Tirico and all those guys, but we got my man, Mr. <laughs> Daryl B. And Daryl Bevel. How you doing, Daryl, a
2: hockey man? Doing great, Nate, and I'm really grateful to be back on your show.
0: Well, thanks for, for getting in, tuning in with us again. But before we get started, gentlemen, I got to uh, apologize for, for a poofar that I did last week, Ryan. I made the mistake of saying that Thomas Bryan from Rochester was playing with the Lakers. Went to Detroit. However, that was petty because he didn't go to Detroit. <laughs> okay. He ended <had> up <laughs> going to Denver and being the backup Ryan to Jokic. That's right. So he went from bad to best. So yeah. folks were calling me and saying, Nate, you're just so damn petty. Leave the brother alone. He went to a good team. So I've got to correct that and say, you know, my bad. Sorry, Thomas. Sorry, Miss Thomas, Ryan mom, and the rest of the Thomases and the Brian family, my poofar on that. But, yes, he's playing, and he might even get a championship if Denver goes a long way, Ryan.
1: That's right. Hey, it happens. I don't know who's that petty to call you up. I mean, there's slip-ups all the what? time. i worse <laughs> slip-ups than that. What?
0: Are you crazy? <laughs> they was calling me petty, petty Navy. so all kinds of stuff, man. But, you know, I can take it. <laughs> I can tell yeah. what it is. But speaking of being able to take him, man, that's why we got Darryl here, man. Because we want to talk about a hockey great, Mr. Willie O'Ree. And if anybody don't know who this guy is, um, Ryan, you got to bring up some footage on his brother. He was the first black hockey player to play in the NHL. And the thing is that black folks in- invented hockey in some in some forms of fashion of it. We'll talk about that in the next segment. But first, I want to get the Daryl and tell the listening audience who Willie O'Ree was in this lifetime of hockey, Mr. Be- Mister Darrow.
2: Well, Willie O'Ree was um, a black hockey player, and he was born in uh, Fredericton, New Brunswick, in Canada here. And uh, he played uh, hockey in uh, Quebec, started his junior career, in fact, in Ontario, in, in Canada. And he went on to play uh, hockey in Quebec professionally, with the Quebec Aces, and uh, at that time, he, uh, my brother Stan, Mac- Stan Chuck Maxwell, joined Willie at that particular time, and they were uh, basically the the main two black players playing in professional hockey at that time. They were uh, followed on the heels of Herb Carnegie, who yeah. was a, a, a legend in itself, and was just elected into the Hockey Hall of Fame, which was many years late coming, but at least he's there now, which was uh, an, an amazing feat. Anyway, but my brother Stan, Chuck Maxwell, and Willie O'Ree, their careers paralleled, and they they went from uh, playing in Quebec City where they won the championship, and uh, and that was after uh, Jean Beliveau, who used to be uh, the hockey player uh, in, in Quebec at the time, and, and by the way, Jean Belleville was mentored by this Herb Carnegie who never had the opportunity to play in the NHL because he was black. And, uh, and uh, he had played uh, uh, in Quebec City just prior to Willie O'Ree and my brother Stan. And, um, and in 1958, if my memory serves me correctly, Willie got called up to uh, play for the Boston Bruins. And he became officially the first black hockey player to play in the National Hockey League. However, he was not the first black player to sign a contract in the NHL. That went to uh, uh, a fellow named Art Dorrington from from my hometown who lives just two doors down from where I grew up. And he signed a contract with the New York Rangers. Uh, Prior to uh, Willie uh, signing and playing with the Boston Bruins, and
0: that was in 1950, right, Daryl, when he signed that contract, that was in 1950 with the Rangers. I I
2: believe it was, yes, yeah, yep. And uh, so, uh, for one reason or other, he never ever had the opportunity. But he went on. Why do you want to
0: play that, brother? I mean, come on, man. Let's. It's like don't want to hire no damn black coaches. We still going through the same cycle.
2: Oh, I hear you. I hear you. Well, well it was quite ironic uh, uh, that when Willie finally uh, made the grade and became the first black player in 1958, there was about 13 or 14 years between him making it and the next player. I think it was uh, Mike Marsden. Mike Marsden, yeah. They played with the Washington Capitals, and I, and I, I had it the privilege. And Diggins 1970,
0: in, in 1974. It's 1974, right? That's the yeah, 70s. Yeah, that's this
2: well, Okay. Yeah, and, and you know, because uh, Willie, uh, like I say, he, he was paving the way, but uh, I know uh, if you ever heard Willie speak different times, he, he mentions that quite a bit because he knows how many great hockey players before him and after oh. him, black players, that didn't get the opportunity. And, like I said, it waited 13, 14 years before Mike Marsden uh was called up and I, I had the privilege to meet Mike Marsman with, with my brother Stan who he really looked up to because my brother Stan was one of the pioneers as well in black hockey and uh, and, and even in my own uh, hockey career, I played uh, uh, at the university level and, and played and we, I was played in Quebec and we won the junior championship. And then I went on to play uh, uh, hockey at St. Mary's University. And mm-hmm. I say all that, uh, we, we won the championship all four years I was there. and played in the national championships for all those four years. And we had a powerhouse team. And on that team, one of the years, we had the first and only all-black line in intercollegiate Canadian history in hockey. Myself, Bob Dawson, and uh, Percy Parris. And his brother, John Parris, uh uh, was the first professional black coach to 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 coach uh, uh, a professional hockey team that won a championship in uh, in Georgia.
0: And, yeah, now, now, mean, now, right quickly, um, Daryl, because um, I was watching. A P- they had a PBS documentary on on Willie and O'Ree, and I guess his people are even though he was born in Canada, his roots are traced to South Carolina.
2: Well, listen. I'm in South Carolina right now, okay. And, okay. And, and yep. listen, listen. Uh, it, it's incredible that you mentioned that, because Willie went down to uh, the, the capital of South Carolina here, Columbia, yes. Columbia, and he he searched his roots out, eh? So I I read his latest book, which he had expounded upon his uh, roots, and his father or grandfather was a slave. To a fellow named Ori. Ori, exactly. Last night. Listen, listen to Ari. this. Yep. Listen to this. And I'm sitting here, and that's how. And so at that time, that fellow's name was Paris Ori. He was from uh, France. Yep. And because a lot of people would see the name Ori, it sounds uh, um, uh, Irish. So when he checked his roots, you see. His father, his grandfather, being a slave, he he was owned by this Paris Ory, H O R R Y, yeah. here in South Carolina, and he was that slave owner. He was buried in Columbia. Yeah, that's where they came to Canada or the U.S. and and so I did a little research myself because. Right where I'm sitting here right now, I'm in Ori County. <laughs> Look at that, and and listen to this. And the Look fellow that. that this this county was named after, uh, he was the son of that grandfather who was the slave owner of Willie O'Ree's grandfather.
0: Look at that. Look
2: at that.
0: You Look see that? that? Look at that. Uh, you see how? well but you know it's interesting. You should tell that story to Ron DeSantis.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, I hear you, brother. I hear you. I hear you, man. Right. But, you know. You know. Right. And, and, and one,
0: one, we should go on the road and just tell stories about Black History to Ron DeSantis, so he can shut up. Or we should <laughs> actually, we should get him to come to Gullah Island, where you're not that far from, with a whole oh. bunch of geeches there. Because see, I was born in South Carolina. So I know about dT land
2: listen man look listen man look I was down in Georgetown I was down to the Gullah Museum man don't get me started on that man, look man let's listen we're we're connected we're connected with Nova Scotia my roots with the Gullah I people I know I was down there. the fellow who's in charge down there, a wonderful man I sat in uh, two years in a row on it on his he has a lecture there and and the last time I was there uh, so he was gathering the people every hour. He has a quite a lecture and fantastic guy. So before the lecture started, I was filling them in about the connection with the people in Nova Scotia, the Gullah people in Dartmouth, uh-huh. Nova Scotia. Yeah. So I was filling them in, and then quite a, a, a group gathered for the lecture. So I said to him, I said, "Well, you and I will will talk about this after you have your lecture." Oh no, no, no! He said, "You're going to be part of the lecture because he." Okay. Cause he he was so shocked to hear about that connection, you see, between the Gullah people here and the Gullah people in Nova Scotia, where I'm from, you see. So
0: stay, stay right there, stay right there, Daryl. We got to take a quick break, okay? And when okay, we man, back,
2: okay, dude, brother.
0: You, look at look, look look at him, Ryan. He's all excited. Look, he's excited, dude. <laughs> it's about to be good. When we come back, you got to get it in on Lebron James and Drake's new movie called Black Ice, the history of the Colored Hockey League mm-hmm. in Canada. You're, you're listening to what's going on, the experience of so me and my man Ryan. We got Daryl Maxwell here, and even though this is Black History Month, yeah, it should be history or it should be just a part of history, period. Let's just say it like that. Right on. History, right on. Period. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get this Black Ice. And I think Drake did a good job getting LeBron involved with this movie. You listen to what's going on in the experience here on Fox Sports 1280, iHeartMedia. We'll be right back.
1: Hello, friends. This is Ryan Vernell with Fox Sports 1280, here to let you know that we are indeed sponsored by Grunt Works Meat Company, a veteran-owned business dedicated to bringing you the highest quality meats at prices you can afford. At Grunt Works, we understand the sacrifices made by our military heroes, and we believe they deserve to be compensated for their service to our country. That's why we offer our competitive prices on all products while still ensuring that our veterans and those on the front lines receive the support they deserve. So whether you're grilling up a delicious steak or roasting a savory turkey, trust GruntWorks Meat Company to provide you with the best meats at prices that give back to those who have given so much. Visit us online today at GruntWorksMC.com. One more time, that's GruntWorksMC.com.
3: Fine it uh, eh, uh, All of my nice friends eh, uh, All of my friends made eh, more money than yours Your girl, my girl, eh, more finer eh, than yours I wanna f*** with you eh, And I like to rap when I'm bored <laughs> Take a bite and whip most sport eh, Harry Potter like a Gryffin' eh, ice pull eh, Pick em pull up it. Eh, pick em pull up it Pick up Pick it I might pull up and bust, 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 bus, bus, bus. I might pull up Please don't make me spill, it's in my cup, I'm turned up Burbin' on burbin' look like leaning in my cup Got in the room, Jarrett's got him the highest You tryna run out with a style while you bite. Think that you fine, but I ain't even like it He y'all didn't want that, I don't wanna wife. it Won't even try it Countin' up green like spinach High five to sell man business Big chain tryna play tennis I'm the hate, why you all on my Highest Mars, I'm a girl from Venus a Big star tryna fill out arenas A lot of people big mad cause they ain't us Bro, boy, you can't. Pick'em pull up it Put the to trap in Pick'em pull up it Suck it, I uh, it, they give me your brain Pick'em pull up it Drain, 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 drain Pick'em pull up bit. All of my friends make more money yours. Kill your girl, my girl, more fine than yours I don't wanna f*** with you And I like to rap when I'm bored Take up on the whip, most bored Harry Potter like a good sword Pick'em pull up Pick pull up I ain't pull up in I might pull a bit Bust, 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 bust I might pull up in Dragon, lizard, rock out linen, skinner Break hey. them and eat it for dinner Already heard you, I don't wanna answer You ain't nothing, you touch you a cancer You should never judge a book by its cover Back in the day, had your under cover People like to act like I talk about them big cap I ain't never discussin' My girl don't want none of you I'm mama, y'all discuss It's giving you fake in disguise It's giving you broken tell eyes Could never be one of mine Make a booty that we rhyme Best in a- Best Dressing like she got the sack Flexin' with your money, did it for the girl But we know that sh- this cap Took me, try me, ride a bitch, enter by stick, pop out like jack uh, Valedictorian, great eight, no cap in my rap, big facts, yeah All of my friends made more money than yours Kill your girl, my girl, more fine than yours I don't wanna f- with you, and I like to rap when I'm bored Take up on the whip, most bored Harry Potter like a Gryffin' I ice sword
0: Welcome back to what's going on the experience here on Fox Sports 12 Eddie with the crew and part of what we do every Sunday Ryan and this is just so dear to to me as you know as we are promoting and letting people know about the Alzheimer's Association okay and um, they have their virtual classes that they're doing so this month on March actually say next month March 14th they're gonna have one of their virtual classes called Back to basics, diagnostics, and types of dementia, and that's gonna be Tuesday, March 14th at 12 o'clock. To register, go to action.alz.org slash MAT or scan a code. And I don't you don't have the code, but you don't have to scan it. Nevertheless, go to the website action.lz.org, check out their virtual dementia educational series for healthcare professionals, as well as the layperson. In April, they got promoting brain health, the impact of hypertension or cognitive function. And in May, they got a session called non-cognitive symptoms of dementia. Get on it. Get on it. Get on it. For real, for real. Welcome back with our guest, Mr. Daryl Maxwell. What up,
2: D? Oh, everything's cool, man. You know, and and, but getting back to uh, uh, Ori, or some people here call it Hori, but it's it's Ori County. Mm -hmm. When Willie, uh, uh, well, when his uh, father and his grandfather finally settled in Canada and they had the name Ori, the people couldn't pronounce it and they didn't know how to spell it, so that's why they come up with Ori. Okay. But technically he took the name of the slave owner and it should have been Ori, but that's why it was changed to Ori. And that's why a lot of people, like I say, thought it was almost like Irish uh, type background. Right. But, it wasn't. See, see, but see no, it's because they couldn't pronounce it properly. And mm-hmm. then people said, they said, okay, fine, we'll go with Ori. And that's how his name was Ori. So and that's the that, that, of, of Ori.
0: Um, you had mentioned this earlier that Canada and Black folks are playing hockey in Canada for like the longest. And 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 LeBron James and Drake has a movie coming out called Black Ice: The History of the Colored Hockey League. Tell us about that.
2: Well, uh, like I said, the, the, the well we'll go back to the book that was written by uh, uh, George and Daryl Fossey. Right. You know, they 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 were asked to do a, a project at one point in time uh because uh, they were down in New York and working for a publisher there and uh, since George and uh, Daryl were from uh, uh, Canada they're from the Vancouver area okay uh they asked them to write a book about hockey since they were from Canada but they they, they were more like historian writers you know knew, mm. knew, knew very little about about hockey and stuff so anyway, uh, they asked him to write uh, this book, so George said, oh, well, sure, fine, you know, a bit about the history of hockey in Canada and stuff, so he, he agreed to do it, and he said, oh, well, he said to his brother, well, this will only take a couple of months, you know, we'll whip something up, and and then, okay. well, uh, then he, he started digging into it, and then that's how he found out about the Colored Hockey League of the Maritimes, which had existed well before the NHL. It existed before the Negro Baseball Leagues, which I found out recently in the U.S. And um, so all of a sudden, he kept digging and digging. And four or five years later, not, not two or three months, he was still digging and found out about this rich history of the Black hawk that has never been told. And what was uh, published in those days, it was negative, you know, not positive. Right. And and when, when he found out about the league and, 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 and how the league was formed, they, they were formed and they had their own league, but it was independent of other leagues because the white teams wouldn't play against the Black players. And what happened was they developed their own league, and as a result, they developed their own rules. So they weren't subject to the rules of the the white leagues. So that's why they could introduce their own rules, and that's why they came up and they invented the slap shot. Mm. Because they weren't allowed to use that method of shooting the puck in in the white league, because it was forbidden. And they also developed that flop going down on the ice as a goaltender. Okay. Like the white leagues, uh, they forbid that you see, they wouldn't allow that, but that's why it was invented in that, in that colored hockey league of the Maritimes. And there were, and there was a league that was represented, the Toro Victorias Victorious right in my hometown. And they started up in 1899, but I think the Whoa. league actually started in 1895. And, and, uh, uh, and, and, and you know, and, and things evolved from there. And, and what happened was, when 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 these teams started to play, the whole community got involved. And and what happened was, all of a sudden, they they were drawing such big crowds. Uh, see, originally the white teams wouldn't play against them, but they were drawing such big crowds and making so much money. Then all of a sudden, uh, the white teams wanted to play, and they started playing some exhibition matches. Not games mm. per se, because it had to be exhibition, because they wouldn't officially allow them to play against them, and because they wanted half the gate. Okay. Oh we yeah, they, they they and they put on a, an an amazing halftime show because in those days it was probably two periods, but in between, oh yeah, man, they you put on quite a show, you know, the brothers, you know, and I mean, <laughs> hey, I hey, mean, oh, oh no, it, it became the hottest, it became the hottest ticket in town, but mm. wow. but unfortunately like the white press at the time, like I said, they ignored that. And whatever press was there, it was probably negative. And, uh, and just in the last year or so, I, I was on a lot of Zoom calls for the Museum of Canada, because now they're accepting a lot of oral history. So, okay. so they, they, yeah. they've interviewed me with a lot of Zoom calls to try to capture a lot of this information and all of that, and cracked a lot of the uh, negativity and stuff that was mentioned about these leagues and stuff, if anything at all, mm-hmm. and so so I I, I went through uh, quite a few sessions with them, and, and now it's on record where they're accepting a lot of this um, history, and now it's being told through the black lens, which makes it all that important, and I really commend this uh, getting back to the book itself and the, and the film, uh, this uh, George and Daryl Fostey because they t- they told that story through the black lens, even though they're they were both white, mm-hmm. but they they went to the source, they interviewed my brother Stan when he was still living, mm-hmm. and Willie O'Ree, and all the people that was uh connected with black hockey here in Canada, so they were able to tell our story rather than. Them trying to tell bits and pieces what they would see from history, so that's what the book became so meaningful. And uh, and then and then uh, as time went on, they tried to uh, you know get uh, the the rights to uh, develop the film and stuff, but they were struggle for years. And then because uh, uh, the the National Hockey League were involved but they wanted to kind of almost steal the rights of it. And, but these two brothers were saying, no, 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 we want to be protective because we want this story to be told. Right. You know, and then, uh, but they still had problems, you know, generating the kind of money to, uh, make this uh, film, or uh, movie. And that's when all of a sudden, uh, Drake and, um, uh, and LeBron James got involved because they had the economic means to, uh, put this uh, project over the top. I was a little disappointed that Charles Barkley didn't get involved because he's a real hockey nut now. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I don't know how much he knows about the black hockey scene in Canada, but, but he's really, really uh, a a huge hockey fan. So, uh, but anyway, I was really uh, thankful that uh, Drake and, uh, and uh, LeBron James uh, supported the project and now it's being aired and, and, and I think it's going to hope open up a whole new opportunity for that story to be told and, 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 and hopefully they'll have a different, uh, outlook on, on the history of hockey in Canada, not just black hockey. Not as far hockey as, uh, in general.
1: I mean, that's like real history Exactly. to think that it took guys like LeBron James from a different sport entirely to put, the spotlight on this why do you think that other hockey players didn't try to write the true history of the sport and it took a guy like LeBron James and a rapper like Drake to put something
2: like this together well I well it, it, it's very difficult like uh like I I've been an athlete my whole life as well I was always the only black person uh attending the you know these tournaments and stuff I I, was, I, I attended uh, uh, the national championships in uh, hockey and golf and stuff like that. And I was always the only black person there. Wow. And it's difficult to make inroads just one person.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I bet if we, yeah. we could probably Google the amount of black hockey players there are right now. Do you know off, offhand how many African-American hockey players are in the NHL right now?
2: Uh, I, I'm guessing there's probably about 25 or 30.
1: Okay, well, it's uh, actually more than I thought. I know that I have the Akposo jersey from when he was on the Islanders.
2: So there's a few yeah. guys
1: that they're missing. Well, only, well you, got,
2: yeah, you got the Joseph brothers, and you got mm-hmm. um, uh, Duclair. He just came back from injury with uh, the Panthers. And there's, well, it, it may be closer to 20 than 30, yeah. But, uh, yeah, there there's a, spri- it's a sprinkling, you know. So yeah. really
1: quick, because we do have to go to a quick break, but as we wrap things up, what do you think can be done to encourage more African-Americans to get into hockey in the first place so that there could be a, a better shot and maybe some more, I guess, equality within the sport?
2: Well, I I, I think there should be more uh, uh, marketing and, uh, and publicity uh, surrounding uh, black hockey or diversity in general. With, with with hockey, like there there has to be some uh, on all these uh, stations like ESPN, Sportsnet here in Canada, TSN, they they gotta have uh, some of these roundtable discussions where they go into detail. Like even now we're we're, we're just scratching the surface. Yeah. And I listened to all this week. To listen about the things about Black Ice. Stuff. I mean, we're just scratching the surface. And most of those people that that are, are being spokespersons now. uh They're they're almost just introduced to the sport, like they they don't know the detailed history. You know, true, yeah, true. So
1: on that note, where can we go and learn more? I know that Black Ice is out now; we can watch it. But to learn more about this knowledge that you're just secreting over these airwaves, where can we find more of you, Mister Maxwell?
2: There's all kinds of stuff. You 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 just Google. That's it, Google. Uh, you 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 be amazed what you can find, or 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 you go on you go on YouTube, go on YouTube, I'm on YouTube all the time, and man, you wouldn't believe some of the stuff you pick up there. Wow. Like like just for instance, there, there's a movement right now they they're going to try to get Johnny Paris. He was the first black coach. Oh, okay. uh, to to uh, be coaching a professional hockey team that won the championship. Well, they're trying to get him into the uh uh. uh the Hall of Fame, Hockey Hall of okay. Fame. So, and him and I go way back. We we both tried out for the Montreal Junior Canadiens back in 1963. Wow. And, and and when we went to play hockey there, it was about eight or ten of us went up from the Maritimes, which which we got no coverage at all in those days. Yeah, but because of my older brother, he had some connections there. So, anyway, uh, Scotty Bowman was the coach at the time. Uh-huh. and uh and the great sam pollock was the manager but anyway uh we went up there they already had the team picked because the team was going to be all french mm. but i'll tell you right now johnny paris was the best player best forward on the ice as far as i was concerned
1: yeah i'm sure i never, sure. Got, the
2: opportun- I never yeah. got the opportunity
1: but yeah, he went on and crazy. made
2: it made his mark in coaching and stuff and he he had such great intervention in a uh um uh, great inventions in hockey and all the people that he worked with, all of them went to the NHL as coaches and trainers and stuff, but he was denied an opportunity to coach at the NHL level. And yet he, but he mentored all these other people. And I found that out on YouTube. So that's where we're going to go. Fabulous interview with this guy, Mr. Maxwell. uh,
1: It's been a true honor to have you on here and to, to write histories wrongs and to, you know, put the real truth out there and do our part, because as we see, LeBron and James, or, uh, LeBron James and Drake are doing just that. Uh, Mr. Maxwell, we appreciate you. We will look you up on YouTube. And to anyone that's listening, don't go anywhere. We're gonna come back, talk some NBA. It's almost spring training. Finally, this is what's going on with Nate Brown Jr. and myself, Ryan Vernell, and the crew is with us in spirit today. Don't go anywhere, folks. We'll be back.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wake up! It's a brand new day. Ready up, gotta get my day my pain. Pop out with the gang, gang, gang yeah, yeah. Talk down, you yeah. bang your face? Yeah. Nice night, fuck, sleep, let's spray. Spray. All the pain, yeah. let it fade get away. Get away Pop it, it's not up five days Press repeat, it's a party every day yeah. Pop out with the gang, get me lit yeah. Now will Pop out with your bitch, got her ass out. Woke. Pay me for a picture like Chris Brown. Woke. Mix the liquors up, I'm feeling sick now. Yeah, yeah. Bitches wanna fuck, ain't you no, I hit the woke. If she dope, I might not fuck, she be one of the bros. No, I ain't from Canada, but I'm turned up with my woes. And I feel like a fireman, cause I got all of, all of the stress. Life is a mess, it's so depressing I second guess, smoke in my chest I must depress, this moment means more than living in a treasure chest Wake up, it's a brand new day Ready up, gotta get my game. Pop out with the gang, gang, gang Talk down, I'll your bang your face. Nice night, fuck sleepless, let All the pain that it fades out of my face First repeat, yeah. it's a party every day I miss my mom, I miss my dad, I miss my home, I miss my friends I got an army of $1 bands, I feel like the new dollar general man Steal your girl, I'm a criminal man, I let her lick on my genital mask point no flick, sometimes I really feel lonely as shit But I get so okay. cause every day we lit Pull up on pictures, peach like Bowser Stick to a tower, have sex for hours. Bitch, trying tryna check me by the whole take check what you want, but don't check my browser Niggas, in history, but I went missing where it went, it's a mystery You ain't talking about money, you ain't talking about diddly I know I'm the 5 nigga in the vicinity Thought she was feeling you, nigga, a munch Get out the way, man, move I Ain't got no game in you ain't 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 got no money, and that's why your hoes is Ain't stand when people be doing the much. You try me, you gon' hear a boom. I'm period A, period O, period A period O. Wake up, it's a brand new day. Ready up, gotta get my pay. Pop out with the gang.
0: Ah, uh, yes, welcome back. And Ryan, man, my man Daryl is a heck of a museum piece, right? That guy got information on hockey that I never even knew exists, Ryan.
1: And to think, you know, some people are meant to make history in different ways. It's a shame he got passed over and other black athletes of his time got passed over however it seems that his true calling might have been to spotlight the indecencies that were committed upon these athletes and if it weren't for guys like that there would be no black ice and movie like that the fact that he's out there making his rounds so it's pretty cool and the cool thing he said
0: was the two white guys that said it'll take us a couple of months to do a book it took them five years they dove they dove deep into the woods came up with a beautiful book called black ice and now it's going to be a film with LeBron James and Drake making the movie. But uh, speaking of making movies, man, I guess there's a whole, been a whole bunch of trades and buyouts in the in the NBA. And your
1: team should have gotten better because you're a, da- ain't you a Dallas Maverick fan. Hell no. Oh, Hell okay. no, I'm not a Dallas. Fan. I'm the biggest Clippers fan on this planet. Oh, your so you're
0: a Clip City fan.
1: Clip City, well, Clip Nation is what we like to call it within our little realm of fandom. Okay. So are
0: you glad that Russell Westbrook took his talents to the other side of the locker room?
1: You're asking the most biased man on earth. Can't ask me this as an analyst from an analyst standpoint. I think it could go either way, but as a Clipper fan, I think this was the greatest move of all time. I, I mean, look, look at how happy he is just the behind the scenes videos. that are emerging of Westbrook laughing, enjoying himself he hasn't looked this happy since he was the star of the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I like that Paul George really went out on a limb to get him over there. It was really Paul George that pushed that. They say now there's reports emerging that other Clippers and coaching and people in the franchise weren't really too akin to bring. They weren't high on Russ. Not they high, on, high Russ. on Russ. But he's got a chip on his shoulder. Once again, I'm trying to come from a more media like medium standpoint not too biased but just look at what he has done this year readjusting his role with the Lakers he wasn't the problem with the Lakers maybe last year when he was playing like Russ of the past but he adjusted his game and what the Clippers need is somebody that could come off the bench and even if he does start and play point guard someone that can just take the pressure hold the ball so that Kawhi and Paul George can do what they do and once again, we didn't give up too much or anything to get him, right? We we got we shed John Wall, which might look on paper like a bad move. But if you've been watching the Clippers games this year, that was the move that had to be made. He wasn't playing defense. Another thing I noticed, you know, last night, Clippers, Sacramento Kings, that was the second highest scoring game of all time in NBA history. And I saw people that just don't watch basketball, don't actually watch the games down in the comment section, and everyone's just talking about. How no one's playing defense, but if you watch that game, it was just an, an amazing shooting oh, no, no. night.
0: They, they were shooting the lights out, shooting dude. the and lights nobody out. Nobody can miss.
1: I it mean, they—they were playing
0: defense. They play a little bit of defense.
1: They were, I, I mean, mean, it's not like old school '90s defense, but they were playing. Relative to today's game, they were playing defense last night. Well,
0: but, but okay. okay, this is the reason why people say you can give up. You should give up the All Star game because the All Star game, nobody just—it's just like yo, just. Do something else.
1: No, no. They should play it. It should be. I remember, there's an interview that surfaced. Do something Bryant, if
0: you're not going to play to win,
1: do something Kobe else. Kobe Bryant was talking about how the All-Star game should be the greatest pickup game on earth. And until it's that, I don't think they should cancel it. Just add some more incentive to the game. Dude, who's going to play
0: hard at an All-Star game?
1: Anybody that's competitive. Like, for oh, years it was competitive. Don't you remember what the All-Star game was like in the 90s? You know what I'm saying, Playboy? We're in the
0: era of load management. They can't even get out of a game right. It's load, it's load management. So what are you going to do? Give them another 50 bucks? they play hard?
1: In Major League Baseball the home team or the home court advantage, if you will, the home field advantage was determined by the all-star game. And that's why the National
0: League never gets the home field advantage because the American League be kicking ass every year. Like, it's crazy. crazy.
1: Well, then step it up. That's what I say. Add more incentive to that all-star game, and they'll start actually playing harder. The only problem is, is that not everybody is going to the NBA Finals that's in that game, let's be honest. So maybe that well, takes away some. What of these are you tests. gonna
0: add? To, I'm saying, what do you other than the skills competition, okay, and the fake dunk contest? Because I'm so glad that the that the white dude won. I ain't gonna lie to you. What's his name? McClure McCl- McClure? Yeah, Mac. McClung. I'm so glad because when he when he tapped it off the backboard, that was it for me. Growing up in the Bronx player, because when you tap it and then dunk and still can see your face, oh, that's a fitty, that's a fitty. And all them cats, all them John around, oh, I can dunk. Nah, dudes, y'all are scared. You don't want to, you don't want to go against the G. This was the dunk. This is what they should do with the dunk competition. They should open it up to anybody in the country. Mm. Anybody in the country, because trust me, there's cats that can dunk twenty five times better than dudes in NBA. Oh, That's for the sure. Time.
1: When they're not being guarded at an NBA level.
0: Just yeah. what I'm saying. Sure. So, open it up. Right, open it up to the rest of the country. Take the best guys from each state or each city. Let them duke it out, you know, before the for the big game on Sunday, and then do it like that. Don't even, don't. I don't even want to see the, the players. Who cares? Mm. I, you know, what I'm saying I'm the kind of guy I want to see like a Matt McClure kind of guy come don't out of nowhere. It. They'll never come do it though. Nate.
3: Okay.
1: They want to. They won't. To, to spend that type of money and put the commercials behind someone that's not in the NBA. They're trying to just endorse their players and their brand and make it look as though it is the best dunkers on earth. But if you know, you know, know, we all have TikTok. Well, at least most of us. We all have Instagram. We see the reels. There are some animals out there pulling off the craziest dunks of all time. I'd say the best dunkers do exist right now on the internet. But at the same time, for it to translate to an NBA level, also, these guys aren't doing it on a stage like they are in the NBA, that added pressure definitely has an impact on some of these guys, for sure. Well, all I know, all so you I know, and- can throw a dunk by yourself in the in the in the court behind the school. That's the craziest dunk of all time. But try doing it in front of an audience but, of millions.
0: But, but I'm saying, but that's why I said, making so intriguing mm-hmm. because now you got to go in front of a whole bunch of people and do your dizzle, and that's why that kid Matt, whatever his name is when he when he tapped it. I was like,
1: yo, this dude's kind of nice. McClung is nice. If you watch I'm, basketball. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, this dude got some hops. He's been nice. And he's only 6'2". Right. He's only 6'2". You he's had to see two. every white person in this country's face as that was happening, too. Oh, my You're God. All the it's finally time. Oh, my, my God. White time. men can jump.
0: White men can jump. I was happy for the white guys. I was happy for all the white guys who all been telling you, yo, we can dunk, too. Most okay. of them are
1: lying. Let's be honest. But Mac, God damn it, you did it. You made us proud, Mac McClung. Okay. <laughs> now I'm gonna start practicing. You have to see how many white people are practicing dunking now. Oh come on! It gotta okay. be a whole bunch of them. It's like a whole new. It's a whole new admiration now. This is.
0: But all the on the real, honestly, man, the All Star game. Like I said, the game itself, because I've been to All Star weekend. The game itself is anticlimactic. It's everything else that happens. Prior to that, you have a good time. Especially, they should have different games. Because I I'm, went I'm to one all-star game where Reggie Miller, and I'm, I am not know if you remember a guy named Dan Marley, played with the Phoenix Suns. Dan Marley could play ping pong better than anybody I've ever seen. So Joe Dumas can play ping pong too. Remember Joe Dumas? Of course. They had a ping pong tournament going on. Wow. So, so check this out. Now, Joe Dumas had beat everybody. He beat Reggie. He beat everybody. Oakley. bust everybody behind. Everybody. So Reggie said, I'll be right back. He said, where you going? I said, no, no, no. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. He goes someplace. Out of nowhere comes Dan Marley. Dan Marley says, OK, Joe, what you got? They put the loot, whoever they had, the loot under the table, whatever. Dan Marley must have Joe Dumas at five minutes. Took the took the stacks and gave Reggie half. That's Why did you hilarious. do that, huh? Why did you give Reggie half? Because because Reggie was set, set him up. Reggie set mm. everybody up. Reggie was having everybody bet on bet on my man <laughs> on wow. Duma. So Reggie hilarious. had every, Reggie set everybody up.
1: That is hilarious.
0: And then I'm telling you when I say Molly and these cats are competitive. One thing about athletes, they will bet on a cockroach race.
1: Well, then why not bet on the all star game? Maybe that's the incentive. Maybe they need
0: to give them something to be incentive so they can really step their game up. And like I said, I can see them playing other sports. Have a ping pong tournament because these guys are competitive on so many different levels, dude. Mm. Yo, do some. Yo. Get get hurt playing ping
1: pong, though, it's one thing getting hurt in the all star game, best pickup game of all time, but imagine you tear your ACL, playing ping-pong, twist your ankle. damn
0: not a good well, look. It's got to happen. So, hey, yo, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we got to find out where your man Lamar is going.
1: Mm, it's going to be hard to gauge it. There's a lot of moves to be made first. There are rumors of spreading, but do you got some news here, Nick? Are we breaking some news here on the show? I don't
0: know. I don't know, man. All I know is the Jets better not get Derek Carr. I'll smack the hell out of him.
1: You don't they, think he's a better upgrade over whatever they have right now?
0: I'll keep Mike White. Oh,
1: that's okay. crazy. That's
0: insane. I, I will keep. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Me and Ryan getting ready to go toe to toe. Don't go no place. What's going on in the experience?
1: This episode of The Ryan Show FM is brought to you by Gruntworks Meat Company, a veteran owned meat distribution company that is dedicated to providing high quality meats at affordable prices. At Gruntworks, we believe that those who put themselves on the front lines for our country deserve to be compensated fairly. That's why we offer prices that are competitive, yet still allow us to make a profit. We pass on those savings to veterans and all those who don't get the recognition they deserve. So if you want to support a veteran owned business and get the best deal on your meat, look no further than Gruntworks Meat Company. We've got you covered from beef and chicken to pork and seafood. Thank you for choosing Gruntworks.
0: Oh, yes, yes. We are back for our final segment. Before we get down with the get down, Ryan, can you sell some livestock for us?
1: If anybody out there is looking to get involved with an upstart company, this could be easily the greatest meat company on earth, rivaling that of ButcherBox, Sneak River Farms, all those good companies that you can order your favorite meat on online. GruntWorks MC. Everybody needs to go right to the website gruntworksmc.com. It's just getting started, but in a mere few months, we're going to be selling hog. We're going to be selling cow and all types of delicious meats to everyone in this great nation. Get started by following us on Instagram at gruntworksmc and finding us online at gruntworksmc.com. Have a cow with us, people.
0: Come on, have a cow. We're going to have a cow. We're going to have a cow before we left for this segment, man, because I was telling you, was I telling you,
1: right? While we were well, talking a little bit, we are about to go go head on about who should be the new Jets quarterback.
0: It, it should not be Derek Carr. I'm I'm if I have to go and get somebody, it's not gonna be Derek Carr.
1: Why though? Why when he was on because the, easily the worst run, run franchise or up there, maybe the Derek worst Hall's run franchise.
0: Not, he's okay. He's not gonna get you the Super Bowl. You don't think so? Not with the real no. team? Right? If you look no. at his No, mm. he ain't gonna do it. He's a so-so quarterback. I'll keep Mike White. What the hell? I'll keep Mike White. I'll keep a healthy Mike White. You saw what he did for me. If I can't, if I can't get Lamar Jackson as a Jet, because I will, I will back up the brink truck. If I can't get Aaron Rodgers as a Jet, I'm not getting Derek Carr. I'm gonna keep my chances with Mike White. Mike White at least get me to a damn divisional playoff.
1: Willie couldn't get you there last year. Cause he was hurt. It, I they think drained, yeah, exactly. He was hurt exactly. I think if the Jets had Derek Carr, the Jets would have easily been eliminated by Pat Mahomes, or at least by AJ, somebody by by Burrow. If if you if you look at Derek Carr and you were to put his skill set, his talents, his knowledge on football into any other uniform, he'd have done better than he did with the Las Vegas Raiders. It's the worst team. I'm sorry. I just, I just don't see Derek Carr as a savior. But I'm not just, saying he's a savior. I'm not saying he's Aaron Rodgers, but he's way better than Mike White. He's way better than anything that's over there right now. You no. Know, I'm not saying give right. him some insane contract either that's going to cripple you for years. But over the quarterbacks that are over there right now, Zach Wilson and Mike White, and this is no knock on Mike White, but Derek I, Carr is a proven starter in this league. And if he doesn't go to the I Jets, how many playoff games have he team. won? Doesn't because it's, 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 just, not, a just saying, it's just not a one man show. I'm just saying, bro, bro, bro. He, from, maybe, he
0: ain't win no play. He maybe one. How many is Mike White won? Well, that's what I'm trying to tell you. If the Jets are were smart, they would have had Mike White in the lineup way before dumb behind Zach Wilson. But the Jets are trying to hedge their bets on what they drafted.
1: It's the second pick of the draft. They have to. They he's have he's to a, a scrub. Job. He's a scrub. He's a scrub because he's got nobody. Teaching him the right way, the 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 quarterback coach was killed before he even got his hands on Zach Wilson, the guy they brought in for Zach Wilson. There's so many variables. Okay, around so it. so you telling me the Jets should keep Zach Wilson? I think they should. I don't think that they should get rid of him just yet. I'm not saying he's good. I think he's. I think there's a higher ceiling than Mike White. If I were the Jets, I would bring Aaron Rodgers in or Derek Carr, not on some long lengthy contract, but enough for him to prove himself. Okay. That is if somebody else doesn't give him some long lengthy contract and then let him teach Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson needs a real quarterback to learn about if he has any shot at all. Otherwise, well, he wasted the second pick of the draft. What? Well,
0: they talking about doing it to Justin Fields.
1: I don't know. Justin Fields is way better.
0: This, the point I'm making to you is this, this. they don't even have a lot of quarterbacks in this draft. I don't even know what they're talking about. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I would keep whoever I got. That's what I said. I wouldn't get rid of Mike White if I'm the Jets. I'm keeping him.
1: So you're, you're telling me that if Derek Carr was on the Jets last year, you don't think they would have made the playoffs, at least made the playoffs? They might all they have needed. They
0: might have made the playoffs, but they yeah. wasn't going to go place. They wasn't going to go anywhere.
1: Well, that's because it's a stacked conference. Like, you've got to get past some serious talent. That's why okay. the Jets absolutely – need a premier quarterback or at least an upgrade over what they have right now, or they don't stand a single chance and they're going to waste their defense and waste whatever they have built over the past couple of years.
0: Okay. I, I, I concur with you on that hundred percent. So let's stay in the AFC. So what does that say about your daunting Buffalo bills? I think we talked about I'm just, this. I'm just being, I mean, what does that say? If, if the jets are getting better Cincinnati, we know is elite Casey. This won a super bowl. Okay. Um, the charges are coming. The Rams are trying to rebuild. What
1: does that really place the below people? Oh, no, the bills are going to be fine. I still think that now, now they're finally underrated. The bills are oh, now what are they, becoming well, what are underrated. Oh, supposed to be?
0: are supposed, this supposed to be? <laughs> yeah,
1: okay. they're not supposed to be on the top. Josh Allen's not supposed to go into the season with everyone saying, oh, this guy might be as good as Pat Mahomes. That's insanity. He's not. But he's definitely not as bad as our man George says he is. I'll tell you that much. A couple of bad games here and there does not make him. Jo- George suspect. don't give him
2: a break.
0: George
1: don't yeah, give him not a even break. a little. For what it's worth, Josh Allen is still to me and to many that watch this game. And I'm not surprised that that George doesn't put him in a top five category. Too, I think that if Jalen Hurts plays like he did last year in this upcoming season, there might be a conversation about who are these top four quarterbacks or that that echelon underneath Pat Mahomes. But no. I'm sorry. I think Josh Allen is still a great quarterback. But in terms of the Bills, it's good that they're going into the season a little bit more underrated. The expectations aren't set that high. How can we be disappointed? You Bills fans should never have your expectations set high. You should well, be happy I, you're even sniffing the playoffs.
0: They, they should just be like me, a Jet fan, just figure out, okay, here we go
1: again. <laughs> okay. That's, okay. The, that's what you have to do as a Jets fan. You know you're I'm going trying, to be disappointed.
0: And No, we friend.
1: win Super Bowls. I'm sorry, like I will never be in your state of mind. As a proud fan of the Big Blue, I bleed blue for a reason. Because Why? Why greatness? Why? Because I watched Eli Manning take down Tom Brady not once but twice, okay. and I know I, that I, anything I, is I, possible. I, I, I
0: guess, I guess, as a Giant fan, taking on Brady is is a great accomplishment. But before yeah, we get exactly out of here, just right. before we get out of here, really, I guess Eric the finally submerged or emerged. I should say.
1: All right. Or submerged. I like that term a little better for where he's at. As the offensive coordinator and
0: a title of assistant head coach of the Washington
1: Command. But what does that really mean? I don't know. I'm sorry. For him to leave a historic run to be an assistant head coach with the Washington, whatever they're called now, who cares? I'm sorry. I just, I can't buy. I, I, I don't dig it. Why do, you, why do you think he left, though? Maybe he's ornery. Maybe it's what the players are saying. No, what worth, he, <laughs> wants, he wants to be a coach. This is his shoe-in to become the head coach one day. I get it. I see why he's making the moves. There's a way better chance he's going to be a head coach over there than he is with the Kansas City Chiefs. Or just apparently apparently, he's not doing something right. For what it's worth, I don't know if it's a race thing with Eric Bietamie when all these other players are, are coming out and speaking against him so openly like that. When they, and especially when it's black players that are coming out.
0: Oh, no, I'm no, of course. I, I mean, sure. So it I
1: makes you, so. it does make you think. Like, and, and once again, like, we, we know what he's capable of doing um, as a coordinator, but I guess we'll see now that he has a little bit more responsibility.
0: All right, man. All right. On that note, we're going to get out of here, dude. Yo, man,
1: when we got Dipset coming? Oh, man. We, can, this, we can't tell you which members. I don't know. I, I, I have to
0: go look up TikTok. No, they're not t-shirt. on TikTok. No, Dip-set no, no saying. I'm, saying. I'm just saying I have to go look up. A, it was a song called what, the Tick Clock? Suck." I don't know. something give me that T-shirt. I don't There's,
1: know. There are some classics. I'll say this. It's not my favorite member of Dipset. I am I will say that because my favorite member of Dipset to me is a top five rapper and a lot of people are going to disagree with that. But I, I played that album Purple Haze more than maybe any hip hop album in the 2000s. Okay. And that's why I'm going to just leave it at that. So it's not going to be who put behind or who the rapper behind Purple Haze will say that much, but if you want to hear, you're gonna have to keep on tuning into what's going on. And by the way, we have a new handle, Nick. We're Fox Sports WGO across the boards Fox Sports Wait. WGO, nice and simple. So find us on Instagram and maybe we'll follow you back. Probably not, though.
0: Uh, we might, unless you want to trash people saying something I, I was yeah, telling you about. But try to, try
1: to trash our NBA knowledge. We trash
0: me, man. I was a little on a petty tip because I got my man confused with Isaiah Stewart, who's from Rochester, who just play for Detroit. My bad. It happens.
1: It happens, man. It's all hey. good.
0: Hey, I want to thank Daryl for coming, Daryl Maxwell, man. I got a uh, bevy of knowledge information on hockey. As always, Ryan, thank you for doing your dizzle. And until next week, man, if God spares our lives, we'll be back, right?
1: Oh, for sure. God will definitely spare our lives. I got a good feeling. He's on my shoulder. Nate Brown Jr. is
0: saying peace, God bless, and see you.